Revelations chapter 12. This is going to be an awesome. How many want to have a better prayer life? More powerful prayer life. Well, this isn't, this isn't a uh, prayer message. But this message is going to help your prayer life. It has enhanced mine incredibly. And if you're taking notes, I want to talk about testifying to the power and the work of the blood. It was mentioned this morning as we sang that last song, uh, that verse, I don't know where it went, but the last sentence of that verse was, uh, life with every drop of your blood. I love how the Holy Spirit just leads in as we sang that song. The last word we sang in worship leads right into this message. Okay, so I want to talk about the power of the work of the blood this morning. Amen? And we're obviously we're talking about the blood of Jesus. Romans, sorry, Revelation chapter 12 you got your Bibles, verse 10, says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Father, we thank you for your word for the next few minutes. God, just let us focus 100% on this message and on your word and on the truth that's in it and how to apply it to our lives. Let us be doers and not only hearers this morning, Father. And we just ask you to uh, anoint this word and, and move powerfully and bring forth fruit of it in our daily lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So as we look at this this morning, I want to I give you a message that's going to help your prayer life, but it's also going to help you with a few words that we all deal with and fight with as individuals. One, that, one of those words would be guilt. Another one would be shame. And another one would be rejection. How many battle with that? Can be honest and say you battle or have battled with that in your life. And, and we talked Wednesday night about how that powerful verse says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so we need to learn to understand that we walk not under that condemnation and under that hand of the devil anymore. Amen. And but a lot of times that's where the, the devil wants a believer to stay is down and in shame and in guilt and feel rejected. And listen, we are children of God this morning. There is no reason to feel shame. There's no reason to feel rejection. There's no reason to feel guilt this morning. Because why? Because everything we've done this morning, and we're going to see that, is under the blood. Amen? Can you say thank God for that? It's under the blood. So I'm going to give you six things to write down. And, and I can tell you that every one of these points would be a point that actually I could do an entire message on. So I have to kind of push through them and run through them because if I stay too long on one, I won't get through the six, and I really want you to hear all six. But just know that there's a lot more to each one of these points that there could be talked about, and, and, and we'll probably get to that later. But number one in a second that I'm going to tell you to write down is, um, I'm going to not get ahead of myself, is that the blood of Jesus redeems us. If you want to write that down, the blood of Jesus redeems us. Okay? Now, I'm going to get to that in just a second, but um, the, the blood this morning that we're talking about is that precious, righteous blood of our Savior, amen, that we know that we have because of the virgin birth, because of the fact that he was not uh, born into the sin nature that we're born into, and we know that that blood that we're talking about that we use in our testimony in Revelation 12 is, is perfect, amen. If you don't believe that the blood is perfect, 
If you don't believe that Jesus' blood is what saves us, don't even worry about paying attention to the rest of the message. You've got to know that. You've got to believe that. You've got to understand that, that it's only because of the blood of Jesus that we have anything this morning. Amen? So it sounds weird, but we should love the blood. Love the blood of Jesus. Amen. We, we need it in our songs. We have it in our songs. We, we, we hear that. I know that somebody may be coming in to understanding of God and his word would think like, man, that's weird. Why are we talking about blood? But that's a whole other message in itself. But just understand how powerful, amazing, and perfect and righteous that blood is this morning. Okay? And so uh, we have to learn, here's the key, to apply the blood to our lives. Okay? Uh, so remember that as we go through this a little bit, that this is an application. And the reason that I said this is going to help your prayer life is because if you learn to use these, these, these principles from the word about the blood, you can pray them in your prayer life. And I have learned this. I've learned to pray these things when I'm praying. And you'll understand what that means in a minute. But it means applying the work that was done by the Lord through his blood to our lives. Okay, a, a, a generic and quick example of that would be the Passover. Okay, the blood we know in that old story. And, and, and again, I can't go into any of these too much. There's every one of these points is a whole message. But the blood on Passover was that the, every firstborn was going to die. Everybody knows that story, most of us. And, and, and the only thing that would save that firstborn was what? That they would take the blood of that perfect lamb which obviously was a symbol of Christ, and they would take that blood and they would put it, what, on the doorpost. So what did they have to do? They had to apply the blood, okay? And because they applied the blood on that doorpost, that's why it's called Passover. When that death angel came through and it was going to kill that firstborn son, whenever that death angel came through and it saw what? The blood, what, applied to the doorpost, then that angel would go over, that's why it's called Passover, it would pass over that house and not take the life of that firstborn son. And so we have to learn that the blood, that the blood, the power of the salvation of that first child was in that, was in that sacrifice. But it wasn't good enough, it wasn't what God asked to have just been there or even been shed. If they would have just killed that animal and shed its blood, but not, what, applied it to the doorpost then it would not have passed over. How many follow that? That's very, very important. It, it wouldn't have done any good for it to have been in a bowl. It wouldn't have done any good for it to have been inside the, the, the lamb. Y'all following me? It had to be where? On the doorpost. And that to, to be on the doorpost, it had to be applied. Okay? It had to be placed on that doorpost. Amen? It had to be put in to the place that God said it. So application is what I want you to get out of this. We must learn to apply. And that's what Revelation 12 is telling us. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen? Meaning we have to talk. We have to apply the precious blood of Jesus. Amen? So we overcome Satan. Listen, when we testify personally to what the word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. Okay, y'all follow me on that? It's, a, it's application. I defeat the devil by applying the blood, by declaring what the blood has done for me in my life. And, and, and I overcome the enemy because what is the enemy always going to do? He's always going to lie. He's always going to cheat. He's always going to tell false accusation. He's always going to say things against you. He's always going to be uh, 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 twisting words and doing things. And so you combat the devil by applying the blood. 
and by putting the blood back up against him, amen, and say, no, the word of God says this blood is against you. I love to say that Satan, the blood of Jesus is what? Against you. Amen. I love that. And it's not my power or not your power, but it's the blood of Jesus. And I know I'm already I'm going to have trouble getting through this. But I'm going to try. Amen. There's so much here. Amen. They're unarmed. Amen. Christians who don't understand how to apply their testimony with the blood are unarmed. And the devil's not afraid of an unarmed Christian. He's not afraid of somebody who doesn't know how to apply the work of the blood of Jesus Christ to their lives. Amen. So watch this. Just as in a court of law, this is just a lead into this first one. As in a court of law, how many know you can be as innocent as all get out or as guilty as all get out, but the testimony is what's going to save you or condemn you. Okay. And so as in a court of law, we cannot be brought to justice in God, without the right testimony, without the application of the blood. Romans 10.8 says, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Okay? The word is in you, near, in your mouth and in your heart. And what word? That word of faith which we preach. Okay? And so it's not just raising a finger against the devil. It's telling him what that blood does and has done. Hallelujah. Amen? Praise God. So let's look into this a little bit. How many want to be free this morning from guilt and shame and rejection? Amen. Free from guilt and shame and rejection. Write down number one, the blood of Jesus. This is what the blood does, redeems us. Okay. If we don't get this first part, we can't have anything else. We must understand that we need redemption. Ephesians 1. And listen, for time, I'm going to read these pretty quick. Write them down if you can. But... It's going to be hard, a little bit hard to flip through because we don't have time to look at them. I'll look at them later. Go back and look. But I'm going to read these uh, for you to hear them. But write them down. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. Amen? Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Amen? Praise God. So my testimony is this morning, some of us say, man, think about this for a second. I don't have a testimony. Have you ever heard someone say that? Because erroneously, we think that a testimony, and listen, I, I, I'm one of those people, I love to hear when somebody's been delivered from the craziest, most wildest, stupidest uh, lifestyles, and it's, just, it, it's amazing because it shows how powerful God is, but that's not the greatest testimony. Amen. And you don't have to have been a drug addict. You don't have to have been an alcoholic. You don't have to have been a prostitute. You don't have to have been in prison or any of those things that have a testimony. Because the greatest testimony is that I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Amen. By the blood of Jesus. That's a testimony. Amen. And that makes you different than anybody else in this world that has not been redeemed. So you say, I have a testimony, which is I've been redeemed by the blood. Redeemed means to be bought back. Okay, so we must understand our sin nature and understand I needed a redeemer. Why is it hard sometimes for us to get people saved? Because people don't understand they need a redeemer. They don't understand that they're a slave. Okay, and think about it. 
We know there's all kinds of slave movies. There's all kinds of, and listen, that's not just in the last couple hundred years. It goes all the way back, all throughout the Bible. Slavery has always been around, okay? And how many know that a slave could be grown up in a, in a slave uh, home and, and working as a slave and not even realize they're a slave? And that's the way uh, many people are in the world. They're slaves to sin, but until they realize they need to be redeemed from slavery, then they don't ever know they need a redeemer. And so our job as the believers is to let people understand that they are sinners, amen, and they need a redeemer. And so God obviously helps us with that, but obviously when sin came into the world, we were sold and exposed into Satan's what? Slavery. Okay? And so we are on this morning a very level playing ground. That's what's very important to understand. Uh, we must understand, listen to this, in the Roman Empire, for example, a slave for sale was placed on a block before everyone. There was a spear hung over his head. To be sold as a slave was said to be sold under a spear. Paul says we are sold under our sin. Under our sin is that spear. Okay, and so we, we, we sometimes don't understand how powerful redemption is because we don't really understand how powerful our sin is. And, and the more we understand where our future was and the more we understand that the, the condemnation we were in, the more we receive the understanding of how awesome his redemption is. And it makes those songs we sing and the understanding so much more powerful. Romans 7, 14 says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal and I'm sold under sin. I'm a sin to slavery, so to speak. For that which I do not allow, uh, so for that which, I do, I, which, that which I do, I allow not, or don't understand, so to speak. For what I will do to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. How many understand that? We do the things we don't want to do. The things we don't want to do, we don't do. Amen. It's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. And even as a believer now, we battle that. But before, it kept us in that place of slavery. So listen, the law is good then. Because we know that a slave, listen, has no choice what he will do. How many understand that? If you're born into slavery or you become a slave, you don't get to choose what you want to do. They tell you what you want to do. You're either going to be a cook or you're going to be uh, maybe, maybe sold out at prostitution or you're going to be out in the field doing something. You as a slave, as a person in slavery, have no choice of what you're going to do. You just know you're a slave. And here we are as human beings walking around in the human race thinking that we have a choice. We think we have a, a, a will of what we're doing. We say, this is my life and I got this. You know, I'm going to make my choices. And we're all in bondage. Of course, I'm talking outside of Christ, amen? Talking about to who we were before, so we get an understanding, amen? So we are all really, watch this, slaves to sin. Slaves have no say what they do. Slaves have no power over themselves. And so I heard people say, or someone could say, you know, I'm a respectable sinner. Right? I'm not that bad. Have you ever met anybody like that? Maybe you were that person. I wasn't that bad. I really wasn't that bad of a sinner. You know, like that so-and-so. Or I, I, I didn't go that far or do that bad of things. Come on, y'all, am I talking to human beings here? Amen, I'm not that bad. You know, I'm a respectable sinner. I, I don't do those crazy things everybody else does. But see, that's the amazing thing is we're on a level playing field when it comes to sin. Totally level. There is no greater person of sin or less person of sin. We are a sinner, period. 
and, and stealing a piece of bubble gum, or yeah, he's not even stealing. Just being human is going to send you to hell. It's like killing somebody or raping somebody is going to send you to hell. Sin, period, without redemption, without the blood, we're all going to the same place. But because of the blood, hallelujah, we can all go to the same place. Amen? It's just that simple. And so I'm a sinner, and Romans, obviously, you know Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, come short of falling short of the glory of God, amen? And so we're all on a level playing field, and we are all slaves, amen? I'm going to want the good news out of that. One day Jesus walked in to the slave market. Jesus walked in and said, listen to this, I'll buy that one. 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 And he walked in and he started buying us. He bought every single one of us, praise God. He said, I'll buy all the world. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to pay the price so that they don't have to be in slavery anymore. Amen. No longer a slave. We can tell this in the world and the devil every day. I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. I am no longer a slave. I'm no longer subject to the will of the devil. Amen. Get that understanding. You don't have to do the things you do. You choose that. Get, we can get self-control. We can have dominion over our lives. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 reminds us you're not your own. Amen. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Amen. You are bought with a price. What is that price this morning? The blood. The blood of Jesus. Amen. And so he says, if that's the case, and you're bought by, by a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we should glorify the Lord with his body. Amen. So I want you, I'm, listen, you're going to get to participate in this message this morning. I want everybody to participate with me. I want you to learn to to testify to the power of the blood. I want you to say this with me. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed from the hand of the devil. Amen. See, that's something you can say in your prayer. That's something you can say when you're talking to the Lord. You can, something you can say when you're driving down the street. Hey, I am redeemed. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Amen. That's a testimony. And you need to learn to say that. You need to learn to speak that. Number two. So number one, you got what? Redemption through the blood. Number two, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. Amen. Not some of our sin. Not just a few, but all of our sin. We're not talking about a blood that sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. We're talking about the blood. We're talking about the blood this morning of Jesus, of God, of the miraculous, amen, of the perfect Savior that we serve. And his blood covers us from all sin. Listen, there's not anybody that's going to go to hell because Jesus' blood wasn't enough. There's not anybody that's not going to make it into heaven because there wasn't enough blood. There's not anybody that's going to go to hell because they didn't get forgiveness because the blood wasn't enough. Amen. His blood covers us from what? All our sin. Cleanses us from all of our sin. 1 John 1 and 7, if you'll write that down, says this, and this is important. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Listen, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
Amen. Hey, that's, that's what we should do when we hear that verse right there, Wayne. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. If you can't get excited about this, amen, you have a hard time testifying about it. This excites me, amen? And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. This is why you should get excited, amen? I'm not expecting you to jump up, shout, and do cartwheels, amen? But get, be excited inside at least, praise God. Because I'm going to go to the end and then come back. Man, if you were on trial right now and you were looking at the death penalty and back in the other room back there was the electric chair or the room that you're gonna, or they're going to cut your head off, whatever, how they're going to take you out, You'd be a little more excited than what I'm talking to you about right now. Well, guess what? That's what happened. There was an electric chair waiting for you. There was, but the bad thing is it's worse. Because it never went off. It would never gone off. Amen. Hell's forever. But here we are listening to really the fact of that we were, are, are, were or are on trial. With an accusation from the devil that will take us to hell with him because of our sin nature. But if we walk in the light. So big, 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 big if here. This if means that the promise of God there is conditional. If means conditional. Doesn't mean Jesus doesn't want us to have the blood applied. It means we have to continue to apply it. We have to continue to walk in the light. This isn't a one-time prayer, and I'm one and done. And I'm saved forever, and I just live however I want to live my life. He says, if you walk in the light, as he's in the light, we'll have fellowship with one another. How many know fellowship means consistent and constant and together and around? Not a one-time thing. And so it says, if you walk in the light, then it works. But if the conditions are not met, it doesn't work. So if we walk in the light... Walking in the light means that we must be up to date in God's conditions. Amen. How many know you got to go uh, renew your license? How many know you got to go get new registration? You got to go get emissions. Amen. This month I got to go get emissions on my truck. If I don't renew it, I, it, it don't matter if I have the old sticker. I got to keep it renewed. I got to keep it up to date. And many Christians, I think, today have said the sinner's prayer and have never renewed. Amen. It's a continuous daily walk with the Lord that continues to cleanse me. Hey, just use the generic example. I hope that you shower quite frequently. Hope that you brush your teeth quite frequently. Amen. How many know bathing and brushing our teeth and using hygiene and those things are something that we do continuously? Why? To stay clean. You can't clean a bowl once. You can't clean your body once. We know the power's there to clean. The power's there in the, in, the, in, the, in the soap. The power's there in the shower. The power's there uh, uh, in the dishwashing liquid. But you got to use it. You got to apply it. You can't have someone say, man, you're funky. And you're like, well, hey, man, the soap's in the shower. Yeah, but you're funky because you're not applying the soap. Amen. You need to use the soap. Put the soap on the body. It helps. Amen. I promise I have no, no motives. Promise. I'm just giving an example. Amen. But many are not today continuously walking in the light. And what, what, if they're, what are they doing if they're not walking in the light? They're walking in the flesh. And what happens when the Bible says if we walk in the flesh, we do what? We fulfill the lusts of the flesh. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 says that we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. 
not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So we're saying, God, your word is what cleanses me. Your blood is what cleanses me. I have to apply the word. It's right here. It's in the Bible. It's all here. Everything we need to keep us clean. Amen. So follow with me. The result of this is twofold. When we're not walking in the light, fellowship is negated. Fellowship is negated. He says, if you walk in the light, then you continually walk in what? In fellowship. Okay. It, 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 this goes with friendships. This goes with relationships. If, if, if you're not having a good relationship with somebody and you're not being in that mutual uh, agreement together of what, what you're doing in your friendship or your marriage or whatever, fellowship gets negated. It's like, man, I can't hang out with you. You're, you know, you got, you got this issue. You got this thing going. I can't hang out with you. Listen, God loves us to death, but he can't hang with you in your sin. Fellowship is negated if I'm not applying the word of God, if I'm not applying the blood of Jesus, if I'm not staying cleansed. Amen. It's something that I've got to. It's not something I do to be saved. It's something I do to stay clean, to stay clean. Amen. So uh, we, we're not pigs. Amen. We don't stay dirty. We don't like to stay dirty. Amen. We, we want to stay clean. And hey, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall short. Romans 3 says that. Don't ever forget it. But because of the blood, I can be cleaned again. So don't leave out the if. You've got to stay in it. And listen, write this down if you're taking notes. The blood does not cleanse in the dark. The blood does not cleanse in the dark. If you're walking in darkness, the blood is not cleansed. It does not work. So let's say this together. Because I am walking in the light, I'm in fellowship. And the blood of Jesus continually cleanses me from all my sin. Amen. Because I'm walking in the light. Number three. Remember, I'm pushing through these because every one of these could be a message. But listen, this will change your prayer life. This message will change your prayer life. It will give you a power to apply what Jesus has already done. A power to apply. How many would be honest this morning and admit we don't use the power of God to its full potential. None of us do. We try, but we don't. And this would help us to get into a habit of praying. And I've, thought, I've taught myself to try to do this when I'm praying, to apply this with the word of my testimony. That's what it means. With the word of your testimony it means speaking. We talk it. We say it with our mouth. Amen? There's a power in, in, the, in, the, in the words of your mouth and, and confessing. Amen. These things that the Bible says in them and saying, I, I believe this. I state this. I testify to this. So number three is the blood of Jesus justifies us. Amen. 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 Number one, it redeems us. Number two, it cleanses us. And now, thank God, it justifies us. It puts us in a state of justification. Amen. It puts us in a place. That's why we can walk without condemnation because we've been justified. Romans 5, 9 and 10 says much more now than having been justified by what? His blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Can I read that again? Powerful. Listen, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 
I know you just, I know it's going like this, but ooh, that's a good one to get excited about. Wrath. That's a whole other message. Go read Revelation a little later on, you'll see what the wrath of God is. There's a wrath coming upon this earth. Oh, I don't believe God would do that. Well, you just stay here to find out then. I'm not going to be here to find out. I believe it's true. Amen. The wrath is coming. And that's not like a, like a doom and gloom message. It's the Bible. God is going to pour out his wrath upon this world that has rejected him. And this sinful world that doesn't believe in his blood. Amen. When you imagine, I thought about this a couple weeks ago, can you imagine being a father or a mother and giving your son's life for somebody and then later on just caring for less about it? Would you be mad? I think you would. Don't be so spiritual sometimes you don't think like God thinks. He, we're made in his image. Amen. He sent his son to die so we could go to heaven. I know the Bible says the cross is foolishness. Amen. But thank God we understand this morning. God has opened up our minds to understand we can be saved. And we can believe in the blood that he shed for us. Amen. Don't, 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 don't make this salvation less than it is. It's huge. And because of his blood, I'm justified and I'm not going to be under his wrath. I'm saved from his wrath. That's enough for you to go home shouting with. Amen. That's enough for you to be excited about right there. That I will not be here when the wrath of God comes. Why? Because of his blood. What does it mean to be justified? Here's some words. It means you've been on trial. And you've been found guilty. But when you've been justified, you've been, here's the word, acquitted. You've been found not guilty. You've been made righteous. How do we go from being sinners to righteous? Us? See, when we're in the equation, there's a problem. I can't go from being a sinner to being righteous by myself. I can have the best day in the world. I can fast for 21 days and I can, I can turn the TV off. I can turn off every media thing in the world. I could go up into the mountains. I could get away from everybody in the world and I could think I'm having my very best day and I'm not around anybody to fight with. I'm not around anybody to lie to. And nobody's around to tempt me and I'm still a sinner because Isaiah 64 says, my righteousness is like filthy rags. My righteousness. So I can never go from being a sinner to being righteous without the blood. But the blood takes me from being a sinner to being righteous. Period. And it can happen in a second. I can come, I can be sitting in this chair this morning and I can be a, a person that's on, on trial for murder. I can be a rapist. I can be the worst person in the world and I can hear the gospel and get up and come to an altar and say, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. And in an instant, I turn from being a sinner into being righteous. In an instant. Because of what? The blood. The blood. Made righteous, and here's the most powerful thing. Just as if I've never sinned. Chew on that. Chew on that. Just as if I've never sinned. That something, Faye Tucker, Tammy, Carla, somebody, Faye Tucker, was in prison. Carla, Faye Tucker, was in prison. 
killed all kinds of people. You ever heard her name here in Texas? Got saved. Began to preach the gospel. Got executed. And today, she's wearing white robes. But the system executed her as a sinner. But in Jesus, she was made righteous. Why? Because she put her faith in the blood. In the blood. In the blood that was shed for her. That's all she had to do. She went from being on death row. And listen, this world still executed her. You, you might have a rap sheet 50 miles long. You might have done some horrible things in your life. you got all these things you've done wrong. And the world will never forget it. But guess what? I could care less what the world says about me. Because in Jesus, I'm, a, I'm forgiven. I'm made righteous. I'm healed. And I'm justified by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus says, I've never even seen it. Just as if you've never sinned. Amen. Say praise God about that. So when someone pulls up your spiritual rap sheet, there's nothing there. Why is righteousness so powerful? I said it. We're all sinners. It's a perfect righteousness. Say this with me. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm acquitted, not guilty, and righteous, made righteous, just as if I've never sinned. See, that's something you can pray. Amen? You can say that. You can be looking at these notes later, and, you, and then you can get to where, not, not a vain repetition, but in your heart you understand these things. And you say, I, Lord, I thank you. I testify to the power of the blood of Jesus. But be, because, because of that blood, I'm justified. Lord, I, I testify to the power of the blood as I pray. Because of your blood, I am redeemed. Lord, I testify to the power of the blood. And because of the power of your blood, I'm cleansed. Lord, I testify to the power of your blood. And because of the power of your blood, I am justified. Oh, the devil hates to hear those words. Oh, he hates to see that happening in someone's life. And you know what he hates worse? He hates when someone lives it. He He hates when someone stays in the if and actually lives it. Number four, I'm pushing through. The blood of Jesus sanctifies us. There's a difference between righteousness and sanctification. Hebrews 12, sorry, 13, 12 and 13, Hebrews 12, sorry, 13, 12. says, therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Amen? That he might sanctify the people with his own word. Here's what the sanctification means. It means to be made holy. It means to be set apart. Too many people in, in, their, in their lives try to be believers and still not be separate. Amen? And sometimes, like Destiny testified this morning, we need help. We all need help. It's not that she can't be a witness by herself, but it's nice to have someone stand by you when everybody else is going the opposite way. Amen? Amen. Someone have someone say, hey, we can do this. We can do this. Praise God. Get somebody around you in your life that doesn't listen to anything else and just says, man, let's do this together. Let's, let's fight this fight together. Get someone in your life. Everybody needs a brother or sister or somebody who's just saying, that's why we come to church. That's why we have fellowship. We are cheering each other on. And we're saying, hey, we can do this. We can, we can be sanctified. We can set ourselves apart. We can be separated from sin. 
Set apart to God. Now here's the opposite of what we read a little earlier. Listen to this. When we are sanctified, it disassociates us from sin and the devil. Separates us from the devil. We're not walking in that sin. We're walking in the light. And listen, it connects us or associates us with righteousness and with Jesus and with Jesus' people. When you are truly saved, watch this, and the sanctification and the righteousness and the blood of Jesus are being applied to your life, you don't want to be around things or people that are not right like-minded. You don't want to be around people that are doing stuff that you don't do. Doesn't mean you don't live in the world. Doesn't mean you don't be a light to them. It means that the pull of the world no longer pulls you. You separated yourself. You're you're emotionally detached. Okay? You're emotionally detached. You can see it and it don't bother you no more because you've been sanctified and you're walking your salvation out with fear and trembling and you're applying the blood and you're understanding I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus and I'm not going to take for granted what Jesus did for me on that cross. I'm not going to just use that blood, just sprinkle it around and throw it around just for fun. I'm going to live a life that associates me with Jesus. Amen. And let people say, I, that's, I want that. I want that life. I want what you have. I want to be like you. I want to be different. And, and you can have that life where you don't have to even always be just constantly, thus says the Lord, and preaching everywhere you go and pointing your finger, but you live a life that radiates Jesus. And people say, well, I want what you have. Amen. Yesterday, real early in the morning, me and Brian went to play basketball. And a guy that we, we know and we see all the time, and, 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 and I send Bible verses too, but we don't talk a lot. We're just sitting there standing around waiting to play. And he came right up to me and he said, where's your church? Where's your church? I, I got to get into church. And he knew who to talk to. I'm not out there with a Bible pasted on my face. Amen. I'm not out there with it. I'm just out there. And I hope that my life radiates Jesus. And that when someone's in a need, they say, where do you go? And listen, he probably doesn't even know I'm the pastor. And that's the best part. I love that. Brian didn't know I was the pastor. Tyrone didn't know I was the pastor when they came into church. That's a good shock. I don't have to go, hey, I'm the pastor of the church. They say, where's your church? I tell them like you would. It's over in Denton. It's a great church. I just talk about it in third person. Amen. And then they get shocked when they come in. Amen. Praise God. I'm just in every, we're all the same. We're all the same. We're all saved by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Ain't nobody better than anybody else. We are all sinners saved by the blood of Jesus this morning. That this world would see what's inside of us and want it. That's what I want. The blood of Jesus sanctifies us, connects us to God, keeps us in fellowship. You know, if you have a parents, for example, what do parents want from their kids? And I mean, in general, we know there's some dysfunctional families. We know that in general. Parents just want to have a good relationship with their kids. They want their kids to love them. They want their kids to come over and hang out for no reason. Just show up. Just talk. My parents love it when I go over to the house. Amen. Just sit, talk. And for some reason, I always fall asleep when I'm over there, too. It's very peaceful. Amen. My mom said, just take a nap. She started rubbing my arm, and I'm out. The other day, me and Jose went over there because our washer was broke. So we had to get some clothes washed. 
And so we were just sitting there, and she's rubbed my arm, and I'm out. So then they talked about me for the next half hour, and I don't know what they said, but, but I had a good nap. But you know what? If, if I, I can go over there and have this relationship with them, because I'm in good standing with them. Now, if I was out doing things that were horrible, and not living right, and not doing right, guess what? They'd still open their house up to me. But the fellowship and the relationship would not be the same. See? So when we're sanctified and when we're applying the blood and when we're understanding our, our position with God and we're, we're, we're aiming to please him, it's not that he wouldn't allow us in at any time, but there's just more of a, come on in. The fridge is open. You want something to eat. Do y'all follow me? They would still let me in. They'd still, but there's some friction there. And God wants to have a relationship with us that there's no friction in. It's just open and because he knows that we love him. And I'm not going to do anything to hurt my parents. I'm not going to do anything to hurt our relationship. And God wants, us to, wants to know that we don't want to do anything to hurt our relationship with him. So now we're the holy. We're holy, sorry. And we're of the family of God. How many are glad that you've become part of the family of God? Amen. Amen. Because of our dysfunctional families. Amen. This is family. This is family for so many of us. It is family. It is. Because the family we have, it may sometimes not even just dysfunctional. Sometimes they're gone. Sometimes they're in another state, another country. And God wants that. But there's a great fellowship when we're all coming in sanctified. When we're all coming in under the same mind and the same spirit. And we're trying our best to do what God wants us to do. Say this with me as we close number four. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified. Made holy, set apart to God, and separated from all sin. Amen. Y'all getting something out of this? I'm going to rush through these last two real quick, all right? Each one of these is a message. Number five, the blood of Jesus brings us near to God. If you are really saved this morning you love God you want to be with God you want to talk to God you want to be around God you want to be around God's people amen there's just something genuine that just and and you want to get as close as possible right to God you just want to be close the blood of Jesus allows that the blood of Jesus allows that Ephesians 2 verse 12 that at that time, you were without Christ. How many remember we were without Christ? You weren't, you know what, even if you were born into a Christian home like I was, I was born without Christ. No matter how great of an upbringing you had, you were born without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Having, listen, no hope. Having no hope and without God in the world. Isn't it sad that there's billions of people today that have no hope? And they can. They can have the same hope we have. But they're without hope and without God. Some of you just a few months ago, some of you just a couple years ago were this person out without hope. You meant you had no hope. But, I love that old but God. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
No time to go into it, but read the prodigal son. Mm. That son was able to come back and get even closer to the one who never left because of the blood. That was our terrible condition. As I close this morning in this last couple points, realize this morning, hell is hot. Hell is real. It's a place where the Bible says that there's uh, gnashing of teeth and weeping. But you know what the ho- most horrible part of hell is going to be? Separation from God. That's going to be the worst. All those other things are, are just attributes, physical, painful attributes. But the worst part will be separated from God in that place where God is no longer there, without hope, without God. Amen. But thank God, because of the blood of Jesus, we're no longer separated. Before he came on, this, on the earth and died and shed his blood and rose from the dead, it was just like Abraham and Lazarus. They could see it, but it couldn't get there. It was just like that old beggar. He could see Abraham over there, but he couldn't get, he couldn't get to him because there was a big old abyss in between them, and that's called sin, and they were separated. And no matter how bad he wanted to be over there, he couldn't get there. But thank God for the blood. That blood was shed, and now there's access, not only to get around and get over there, amen, but to get close and be near to God and have a relationship with God. The blood made a way to bring us near to God. Amen. Say this with me. Through the blood of Jesus, I've been made near to God. Number six, final one. This will be the best part of your prayer life. The blood of Jesus gives me boldness to enter in to the Holy of Holies. Amen? It's that confidence. Confidence, not in what I've done, but in everything that he's done. Hebrews chapter 10, 19 to 23 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Many times when you go to pray, in your car, on your knees, at your house, at church, the devil is bringing stuff up that you've done. He's accusing you. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He's, he's saying, hey man, what are you doing on your knees? Why are you even praying? What are you doing? Are you wasting your time? Don't you remember what you just did last night? Don't you just remember the thoughts you just had? Don't you remember the arguments you had? Don't you remember, the, don't you remember how wicked? And you start just bringing all this stuff up. But see, that's why the blood's so important. That's why the application of the blood is so important. Because I'm not able to get on my knees and get close to God because of me. I'm able to get on my knees and draw close to God and walk into his presence because of the blood. The blood. The blood. Y'all following me this morning? That takes away the guilt. That takes away the shame. That takes away the rejection. Because as the devil's telling me these things, I'm saying, yeah, you're right, but the blood. But the blood. But the blood. Because of the blood, I can enter in. You can say, devil, you have 
no power over my life. You cannot make me feel fearful. You cannot make me feel alienated. You cannot make me feel less. Amen. God does not want us, as I close this last point, to be intimidated by him. Amen. He does not want us to be intimidated by him. Again, father relationship to son. I respect my father 150%. I, I, he, he's the final word in my life. He's my dad. He, he, he has a power and an authority over me as my father, even though I'm 41 years old. He's my father. And I respect him with the highest respect. But even with that respect and that understanding of that, I, I know that I have access to him in relationship. Amen? And no matter what anybody else says, watch this, no matter what anybody else says, it wouldn't matter what mom said, wouldn't matter what one of you said, wouldn't matter what one of my brothers or sisters said, nobody has anything to do with my relationship with my father. Nobody can get interfe- interfere with me and him. Me and him. Y'all follow me? It's just an example. Nobody. And, and the world going to try to alienate me. The, the, the people around me are going to try to alienate me and say, no, you can't. But as long as my dad says, I can, I can. He says, no, you, we're good. As long as I'm good with him, I'm, I'm, y'all understanding me? There's, a, there's an assurance as a father that although I respect him, he doesn't want me to be intimidated by him. He wants me to have full entrance to him. Amen. And I know for a lot of people... That's not that hard, that, that, that easy to understand because dad was a hard person. Dad was tough. Dad was mean. I understand that. I know that that's why sometimes discipleship's so hard. Because if you've never had a good relationship with your father or your mother or your parents or whatever, it's hard to get that relationship with God. I understand that. But as you draw near to God, he'll teach you, you hey, come on in. Full access. All these promises in here, if you just walk in the light, all I'm asking you to do is walk in the light. All I'm asking you to do is just walk according to my word and not trample on the, on the blood of my son. If you just do that, everything in here is yours. Every promise, every healing, every miracle is yours. Amen. Musicians, you